something from God for your life tonight. Can we be upstanding? Let's give Pastor Jared a big welcome as he comes and preaches tonight. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to church. Can we just thank all the team? That was absolutely beautiful. Just thank all the team again. Come on, we can do a bit better for them. That was awesome. So good. So good. Could we on Good Friday, everybody, could we all on the count of three give the Lord a huge cheer? Come on, on the count of three. One, two, three. Let's go. Give the Lord a huge cheer. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise, God. We give you all the honour, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray for you. Father, we just, Lord, on Good Friday, we're just overwhelmed, Lord, with the, Lord, the hundreds of millions of people all over the world this Good Friday. Lord, in fact, it's billions of people who will stop in every nation, every continent, will stop and acknowledge your coming and your dying on the cross for us. And Jesus here in Western Australia tonight, we just say, Lord, all of us who are saved, we are so grateful. Thank you for coming and getting us, Lord. When we were blind, Father, you've opened our eyes. You've saved us by your blood, your power. And Father, I just pray, Lord, even tonight again, fill us afresh with the wonder of our salvation. Father, I pray for anybody who doesn't know you tonight. Jesus, touch their heart. I know you have already, Lord, but I pray open their heart. And Father, let people in this service be saved. Good Friday, 2022. And Father, I just pray that their lives are changed for eternity. We pray it and we declare it now. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful night in your presence and in the wonder of your sacrifice. We just bless you, Jesus. And we just say thank you, God, so much. And everybody said together, amen. Give the Lord one more hand, everybody. Give the Lord one more hand. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So wonderful to have you here on Good Friday. And uh, we've got wonderful three services on Sunday as well. So please come back. We'd love to have you with us again on Sunday for our resurrection services on Sunday. Going to read you, everybody, from Matthew 27. How powerful. I, I'm just still, I've got, got a chill going up after that last song. Calvary. How awesome. How powerful. And did anybody just get, can you get saved again? Can, is that possible? Pastor Donna, she's not... Can you get saved again? She's looking at me like... She's saying no. She's saying no. It's a one time. Matthew 27, everybody. Going to read from verse 45 to 46 on Good Friday. Hello, incredible Friday, 2022. Says Matthew 27, Jesus... It's this... Hang on. Let me, Matthew 27. Now... From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Everybody, Jesus is on the cross. And for the first time in his life, he's separated from his father. And I don't know about you, but I kind of, when I read this uh, years ago, I was thinking, you know what? If I was writing the Bible, I wouldn't put that in there. Sometimes I read the Bible and I think, you know that it's so true because they left in bits that I would take out. Would you, I would never, if I'm writing it, have Jesus saying to the Father, hang on a minute, at the key moment, you've left me. You'd hide that bit, right? 
God's always with him. But the Bible is telling us the truth, that Jesus for the first time was forsaken. Why was that? Because your sin, your guilt, your shame, everything that you've done in your life, rebelling against God, rebelling against God's plan, your sinfulness, listen, all of it, all of it was thrown on Jesus on the cross. And the Bible tells us that he actually was like, Father, if you can, you know, in the Garden of Eden, he said, if you can let this cup pass from me, let it, let it pass. And the Bible really tells us that the heavens were silent. And now here is Jesus on the cross. And for the first time, God has removed his presence because all of your sin was cast on Jesus, who was going to die for the sins of all humanity. And so, as I said, if I was writing the book, I would have hid the whole deal. But we get the true story that God looked away because your sin was about to be, hello, nailed to the cross through God's only son giving up his life. And he gave up his life. It wasn't taken from him. He gave it up so that you and I could be saved. You know, it's really amazing. After I became a Christian, I began to notice things because I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't from a Christian background. I had a religious childhood and went to a religious school, but it actually helped inoculate me against God. Anybody go to a religious school and it actually put you off? I thought God was in the 15th century. He was cold and austere and far off and didn't like me and I didn't much care for him. And then I found out, no, God's alive and God is real. And uh, I had to realize that people present God sometimes in a bad light. And he is not the God of religion. He is not the God of the 15th century. He's the God of 2022. <laughs> Come on, he's the God of 2022. And he's relational. And I began to see, hang on, I began to notice things that everybody didn't want Jesus to be God. And it was amazing how this Jesus who now had saved me, I wasn't looking for him. He came and got me. He came and found me. In fact, I was ignoring anybody who knew him and anybody who said they were a Christian. But Jesus came and got me. And then I noticed there were religions, there were cults, there were people who were all trying to get Jesus not to be God. And I was like, what is this? Everybody wanted Jesus to be a teacher. He could be a teacher. That would fit in their basket. He could be a prophet, have a prophetic story, but he couldn't be God. And I watched even, if you know the Jehovah's Witnesses, they, uh, they said, no, 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 Jesus is not God. He's a small G God. He's a created God. And uh, even the Jehovah's Witnesses, no, 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 he's not God. And uh, they denied his deity. And then the Mormon church, they teach, oh, no, 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 no. Jesus is one of many gods. There's a multitude of gods. Jesus can be anything but God. Everybody wants him to be anything but God. But listen to this, John 10, 33. When the religious people came to stone Jesus, and Jesus has already said in the Scripture, I and the Father are one. Jesus was saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you have seen God. And in John 10, 33, uh, he says, uh, so the Pharisees said to him, we are not stoning you for any good work. The religious were saying to Jesus, we're not stoning you because you're good. We're not stoning you because you're a teacher. We're not stoning you, and, and it's nice teaching. We're not stoning you because you're a prophet. They said, we are stoning you, they replied, not for any good work, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. 
Jesus had made the claim that he was God. And you need to realize that everybody who follows Buddha on planet earth today, Buddha never once claimed that he was God. When he died, he said, I'm still looking for the way. But people deified Buddha, but they want to remove Jesus' deification. But I want to tell you, it's amazing. Anybody can be God, but God. (laughs) Anybody ever notice that? Anybody can be God, but God. And so you can be God, they can be God. We're all gods, but Jesus can't be. Why is that? That's because he is the only God, the only true God, the only living God, the only way to God. And Jesus said in John 46, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the way. He didn't say I'm part of the mat. He's saying, I'm the way. There's no other way. He said, I'm the truth. Boy, I like truth. Where are the truth tellers? Who likes truth? Man, I can't stand deception. It drives me nutty. I always say, Lord, help me not to have deception in my life. And that's why I got drawn to Jesus because I'd been around deception. I'd grown up with manipulation in my family. And now I was confronted with this Jesus who just was true. His word was true. History bared out he was true. And, uh, and then the Bible has all these prophecies, 300 of them, which to get one of them happening in your life would be like winning the lottery. And Jesus has 300 about his birth, life, and death, pointing to the fact that he would come. The Old Testament is him concealed. The New Testament is Jesus revealed and prophesied hundreds of years before he died on the cross. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, it says, He is despised and rejected by men. By the way, this is hidden from the Jews. The Jew, uh, Jewish people don't recite this passage in the synagogue. You won't hear this in the synagogue. But, Jesus, but Isaiah 53 says of Jesus, before it even happened, hundreds and hundreds of years before, he'd be despised. He'd be rejected by men. Hello, he'd be rejected by his own people. A man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs. All your griefs, Jesus took on the cross. He's carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Look at this. He was wounded for your transgressions. Jesus suffered, was persecuted, tortured for your transgressions, your sins, bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes where they whipped him and tore his, at his flesh and ripped him apart on the cross, the Bible says, by his stripes, you're healed. You're healed. Can I encourage you? Believers, believe for your healing, but also believe for your spiritual healing. Hello, that you've been restored to God. And here's verse 6. What a great description of all of us. All we like sheep. Ever ever been on a farm? Ever discovered how smart sheep are? (laughs) Oh, when the Bible talks about you being a sheep, it's not a compliment, I'm sorry. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the sin, the iniquity of us all. Look at all of us. God was there. Jesus is there. The Word of God's there. But we are like, no, I know better. And now our culture is sicker than ever. We've never had so much family breakup, marriage breakup, mental illness, medication. Uh, Australia is one of the most medicated nations in the world just to get out of bed and do life. Yet we're economically one of the best nations. Why? Because we're like sheep. We have all gone astray. Turned everyone to his own way. I know better than God. 
I know better than the Bible. I know better than Jesus. And as we've done that, the Bible says, <laughs> then Jesus stepped into time, stepped into the center point of time and said, put all this in on me. Lay it all on me. Put all the sin that you've done, all the rebellion to God, put it on him. And he'll take that sin for you so that you can be redeemed and brought back to God. Listen, the next thing I noticed was not only they don't want Jesus being God, they don't want him on the cross. Like it's hilarious. Like people lose their mind when you talk about Jesus Christ going to the cross. What is that about? Who saw Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion? Anybody see that? It came out. It's telling the historical story of Jesus Christ's death on the cross. People lost their minds. They completely melted down. Hollywood went into insane overdrive, attacking everyone, everything, the guy who played Jesus, the movie. They just went insane. I'm like, what is this about? Are you one of those people who looks on? I'm always looking on, hmm, hmm. I'm always like, what is wrong with everybody? Why would you go crazy over a fable? Why would you? You know, unicorn story time. I'm not like, oh my gosh, the unicorn story time. That's not true. Let me go insane. <laughs> like, like things that are not true, I'm like, uh, whatever. But Jesus comes and they say, Jesus died on the cross. Ah! People go mental. Welcome to Friday, Friday night. Anyway, people lose their minds. When you talk about Jesus going on the cross, they start losing their minds. They start melting down. They start, as I said, Hollywood with passion. Why are you melting down over something that apparently is the spaghetti monster and it's a myth and it's all? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's true. <laughs> I've never lost my mind over the tooth fairy. Not one time. Oh, I just can't believe the tooth fairy. It's ridiculous. I don't even believe in it. Like, <laughs> why would you even care about Jesus? Why would you care about the cross? But they lose their minds. Anybody heard of the Moonies, uh, which is a, a huge cult where they marry everybody off in couples? It's a weird South, kind of South Korean cult. And they put couples together. If you need a partner, anyway, check them out. Anyway. <laughs> so, Sorry, Good Friday, Good Friday, come back. Come back. 2004, 2004, listen to this. Reverend Sun Myung Moon, which is a huge cult full of deception, he went on a tour. Listen to this. The tour was Tear the Cross Down Tour. And he was on a thing to take down the cross in churches. Why would you care? If it has no power, if it's not true, why would you care? Leave it there. Get rid of it. They were on a tour to get rid of it. People want Jesus off the cross. Islam, of course, they just would ignore the story and just Jesus went on the cross, right? No, they didn't ignore it either. Islam says, no, 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 Jesus didn't on the cross. At the last minute, they switched him. God did a little party trick. Allah, and he switched him. And it was actually Judas. 
Shame, the Bible doesn't teach that. But like, why, what, huh? There is nothing in history says anything like it. They lose their mind. Christian science, which is weird, religious, Christian, strange, cult, bizarre thing. I don't know what it is. It says, the material blood of Jesus on the cross was unable to cleanse us from sin when it was shed upon the accursed tree. <laughs> no more than when it was just normally flowing in his veins. What is it? The, the devil hates you knowing and understanding that Jesus set his eyes like flint to go to Jerusalem, be hung on a cross, crucified and die for you and shed your blood. Everybody, mostly the devil, but everybody doesn't want you to know it. Anything else can happen. Party tricks with Judas. Swap him on the cross. And by the way, also Islam says he wasn't on a cross. He was on a stake. The only problem with that is read world church history, read Roman history. It was a cross. That was what happened that time in history. And then the moon is put. Oh, and also about the cross, Jesus on the cross. His mission failed. Why would you write it? Why would you care if it's not real? You wouldn't even go near it. You'd be like me with unicorns. I don't care what they do, right? But everybody, every false religion, every cult, every Hollywood director, everybody's losing their minds. Why? Because the devil wants Jesus off the cross. The devil wants Jesus off the cross. And listen, he wants you to get nowhere near the cross. Why? Because the only way you can have eternal life and be saved is because Jesus died on the cross for you. <laughs> only way. And the last one is they, they don't want you being washed in Jesus' blood. Now, by the way, we're not going to take you out the back and there's a bath and we're going to put you in blood in case you're worried. In case you think, oh my gosh, we're going to go out the back and put me in the bath with the blood. No, we're not doing that. But you need to know the only way you and I are saved is because Jesus shed his blood on the cross on Calvary. He shed his own blood. Uh, Acts 20, 28 says, be shepherds of the church. Everybody, kingdom purpose, last weekend. Be shepherds of the church, which he bought with his own blood. He bought the church with his own blood. And look at Ephesians 2, 13. Wow, love this. But now, now, for all of us who were like rebel, <laughs> where's all the rebel people against God and the church and Christians? Where are you, my friends, my people? Where I, where I was once. It says, but now, Ephesians 2, you've been united with Christ, Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. You can only be brought near through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only reason I'm a Christian today, all these years later, is because I got brought near God, because if I put my faith in what Jesus did on the cross through a prayer that all those years ago, putting my faith in Him through that prayer on the cross, His shed blood, God then brought me near to Him. You can't get near Him. No, you can't go near. You'll just join the other people. Oh, no, we didn't go on the cross. God swapped. You'll just join all that stuff. You can only be brought from the faraway place to knowing Jesus in close up by His blood. 
You know, I had a ski trip years ago, and I was learning to ski. Now I'm a good skier. Just take it on notice. But anyway, but when I started skiing years ago, I was a bit out of control. Didn't quite know how to stop, but I was passionate. <laughs> I was coming down a run in Perisher, New South Wales, and I'm thinking, just keep going. You're going so fast, but you'll be fine. And as I come around the corner, there was a girl lying face first down there, and I was about to hit her with my ski. And I remember just going, I'm going to hit this girl fair in the face with this, and this is going to not be good. So I just swung, but I didn't know how to swing properly. And I swung off the trail, and I smashed into a tree. I had a stick go through my chest. I had one go through my leg. But I was 20, and all my friends came over, and I just didn't want to be the bad skier who hurt himself. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I went back to the hotel Later in the day, after trying to pretend I was skiing, but I was actually in agony. But I just said, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, good, good. You know how all the guys know what I'm talking about. All the guys know. <laughs> Don't let on. Just suffer the pain. When I got back, I took my ski suit off, and I had a stick in my chest. I had a stick in here, and I couldn't get them out. They were like, one of them I had to like nearly rip out. But I was bleeding everywhere. Anyway, I got in the shower, and when I turned the tap on, I can remember thinking, oh, this is not good. <laughs> As I looked down, saw the blood go, and the next minute I was just hit the tiles. I passed out. It's like a horror movie. It was like Jaws in the ski lodge. Anyway, <laughs> and then one of my friends came and found me, and he goes, "Well, this is a pleasant sight." Anyway, so you know what? The sight of my blood was enough to knock me out. Your blood is an indicator that the life source and the power to save us is in the blood. That's why they, the hospital and the doctor, are you, how are you with blood? <laughs> I'm great now. Jesus saved me. <laughs> great with the blood now. But seeing the blood, we're all like, oh, I can't see my blood. A lot of people just can't even look at it. Why? The power's in the blood. Power's in the blood. The power's in the blood. The power's in the blood. The power's in the blood. Salvation's in the blood. Stop being irreligious. People think, oh, I'm a religious person. There's no power in religion. The power is in the blood of Jesus Christ. The power is in the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, uh, let me just read this. I love this scripture too. Hebrews 2. Got to get the word into you before we finish. Hebrews 2. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could He die, Jesus die, and only by dying could He break the power of the devil, listen to this, who had the power of death. Only in this way could He set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Another translation says that Jesus came to set us free from, listen to this, the haunting fear of death. The haunting fear of death. People on planet Earth are in trauma and fear about dying. That's why they're Botoxing and nipping and tucking and doing everything to stop anything that tells them they're getting near dying. Listen, a hundred out of a hundred people die. <laughs> There's your odds. Everybody, your odds of dying are one out of one. You'll die. You'll die. You'll die. Sorry, people. <laughs> Welcome to church. Get a burger on the way home. Enjoy those last moments. Anyway. 
listen, Jesus came to deliver you from the haunting fear of death. Some of you right now, I don't know, how. where's my life going? Where am I going to go? What happens when I die? What happens? I'm good. I'm ready to go. Got no fear of where my eternity is. I have no, I'm not lost about it. I know that Jesus has saved me through His blood. And I've been delivered of the haunting fear of death in Jesus' name. Have you ever noticed, right, Jesus dies on the cross, listen, gives His blood, right? And then whenever you see people who say, oh, I'm a witchcraft, I'm into witchy, witchiness, I'm into occult, I'm into whatever. And have you ever seen they do their, their secret services and then they make cupcakes together at the occult meeting and they ice them with icing? No, they don't. Stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. They don't. What do they do at occult witchcraft meetings that you see, even in the Hollywood movie, picks up a, they use blood. Why? Why? Even the occult and the witchcraft and the witch people who I got around a few of them years ago, they know the power is in the blood. It's in the blood. So Hollywood does movies. What does it always feel filled with? The blood. Why? That's where the power is. So the devil knows they do sacrifices with different things. Animals, a lot of them do sacrifice in the occult. But all of it is a counterfeit of the real thing, which is Jesus Christ who died for you. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9, listen, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Without the shedding of Jesus' blood, you cannot be saved. It also basically says, all the sheep, all the goats, all the lambs that you can sacrifice can never take away your sin. Can never take away your sin. So God said, I've got to send one spotless, unblemished lamb. He'll be the lamb of God. His name is Jesus, who will take away your sins and the sins of the world. If you put your faith and trust in Him tonight, listen, God will deliver you from the fear of death. And here's even better news. He'll deliver you from the fear of life. <laughs> Some of us are okay with death. We're afraid of living. I'm not afraid of living. I'm excited about living. I'm excited about living. I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about tomorrow. Why? Because Jesus lives in me. One John one seven, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Revelation 5 verse 9 says, By your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language, people and nation. Guess what? In eternity, everybody's going to be there from all over the world. Not everybody will be there because not everybody's made a decision, but there'll be people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. How cool. How cool. I'm going to be in the African praise and worship section. Come on. Come on. Don't be laughing. That's where I'll be. Come and find me. You know, last thought, everybody. Years ago, because, you know, I traveled to Africa, I traveled to Asia, I traveled all over the world, different places, Eastern Europe. I got something in my blood, and I'll never forget it. I got some immunity to something in some of my bizarre travels. And when I got back to New South Wales, I had a blood test. I was in Sydney where I grew up. And they tested my blood and they said, oh, we need you to come in right now. I came in and they said to me, you're one of three people who has immunity to this. And I said, oh, nice. And they said, we need your blood, it's so valuable. And I said, what does that mean? I'm thinking, is this a horror movie? These people are trying to take me out early? What do they want? <laughs> Can't trust the government. Anyway. 
<laughs> I was in Sydney a long time ago. Anyway, anyway, they would ring me. You ask Sue, they'd ring me up. Can you come in? We need you. There's only three people got this immunity. Can you come in? Can you come in? Listen, I helped a lot of people apparently overcome this thing because of an immunity I'd picked up in my travels. And they kept saying to me, you've got special blood. You're able to help so many people. Listen, only one person in the universe has special blood that was able to help so many people. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come on, His name is Jesus. Come on, His name is Jesus. Come on, His name, His name, His name, His name. Come on, His name, His name. One name, one name, one name. His name is Jesus. Come on, can we just thank Pastor Jared for that word? Such a word of encouragement. And just across all this room with every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want us to take a moment just to have a, just to think about Jesus and think about what Jesus has done. And I want to encourage you. You saw so many stories today and I want to tell you there are countless others of what Jesus has done in people's hearts and people's lives. We heard today about how Jesus, His body was broken and His blood was shed on the cross. Can I encourage you that Jesus did that, not just for all these other people, but Jesus did it for you as well. Jesus did it for you. The Word of God says in Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I don't know where you're at tonight. Maybe you're in this place and you're really struggling with, with addiction. Maybe you're in this place and you're really struggling with insecurities. Maybe you're in this place and you have no peace. Maybe you have no peace with yourself. Can I encourage you that you can't have peace with yourself until you have peace with God. And right now in this moment, you have an opportunity to make your peace with Jesus. And I want to encourage you, if it was just for you, He would have done it for you. And the Bible says that all we need to do, come on, Jesus has done it all. Come on, the blood accomplished it all. He has already made a way for you to live in victory. He's already made a way for you to live in freedom. He's already made a way for you to live in close relationship with your Father in heaven who loves you more than you know. But all we have to do is respond to what Jesus has already done and say, you know what, Jesus, I'll take that. I'll take the help. I'll take the forgiveness. I'll take the brand new life. I'll take eternal life. And so if you're in this place tonight and you would say, you know what? I've never put my faith in Jesus, but tonight I want to open my heart to all He's done and accept the free gift of salvation. On the count of three, what I want you to do is just wave at me. I would love to pray with you tonight to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Start an amazing journey of life with God. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, you want to be included in this prayer. You're saying, I need Jesus. People putting their hands up already. On the count of three, you just wave at me. One, two, three. I'd love to pray with you. Jesus loves you. Come on, keep raising your hands. Come on, hands going up all across the room. There's another hand over here in the middle. Praise God. I wonder if there's anybody else tonight who would say, yes, that's me. Come on, it takes humility. 
It takes a little bit of courage, but I encourage you, it is absolutely worth it. Jesus is real. His love for you is real. His plan for you is real. Just keep raising them all across this room. So good, so good. Who else tonight would say, hey, I need a, I need Jesus. I need His help. I need His forgiveness in Jesus' name. Who else tonight? Who else? Just wave at me. Keep raising your hands. Praise God. There's another hand over here on the side. God bless you. Jesus loves you. He sees you. It takes courage. Another hand over there in the middle. Who else tonight? Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Praise God. People put, put their hands up. Keep raising your hands. So good. You're worth waiting for. In Jesus' name, you can put your hands down. Come on, can we just thank God for people responding, church? And what we're going to do right now, right where you're sitting, is we're going to pray. And I want to encourage you, when we pray, I'm going to pray, you're going to pray after me. But the key to this prayer is just to be sincere in your heart. And watch what God does in your heart and in your life. And our church family, we're going to pray together. So wherever you are, you're, you're responding, you're praying this prayer tonight. I just want you to pray bold full of courage and full of faith. Now, church family, we're going to pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. Lord, I'm sorry for living life my own way. Right now in this moment, I draw a line in the sand and I put my hope, my faith, and my trust in your finished work on the cross. Help me to follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. Thank you that I'm loved by you, that I'm forgiven, and I want to live my life following you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. People making a decision, opening their hearts to God. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you, if you just made that decision, none of us can do this on our own. And that's why God has given us the gift of community. And that's what church is. Church is community. Church is family where we get to do this thing together. And so I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, just tell a friend, someone you came with, that you prayed the prayer and they're going to help you to get involved. Also, please just let our team know at the front, or out there, you know, in the foyer, uh, and just let them know how I prayed that prayer and they can help you get involved in the life of the church. God bless you. So good. Awesome. So good. So good. Well, hey, everyone, that is the end of our service. We want to thank you for coming, but do want to encourage you, don't rush off. Hang around and meet somebody. There's some great activities still happening outside. Also, I want to encourage you, we've got three great services this Sunday, Easter Sunday. Can I encourage you, invite your neighbours, invite your friends, get your family there. And also in our kids program, they're going to have an eight metre high rock climbing wall and then hear a great Easter message. So invite the neighbours' kids, bring your kids. It's going to be a great day in the house on Easter Sunday. God bless everybody. God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son.